You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet once again. This is episode 55 of season 3, episode 120 of this podcast. Today is May 17th, 2021. It is a Monday, and we're going to talk about homeschoolers and the Space Force. There's two articles that are up on tabs on my browser, on my computer, simultaneously side by side, and I'd like to read a little bit from both of them and have you consider these two things side by side. First off is an article by Jack Phillips in the Epoch Times, published May 16th, 2021, updated May 16th, 2021, the title of which is Space Force Officer Relieved After Denouncing Marxism, Critical Race Theory in Military. We'll read a little bit, maybe not the whole thing, and then we'll move on to another article from the Homeschool Legal Defense. So, A U.S. Space Force commanding officer was removed from his post after publishing a book that warned of the spread of Marxism and critical race theory in the military. The Space Force confirmed that it relieved Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, a former instructor and fighter pilot, as commander of the 11th Space Warning Squadron. Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting, Space Operations Command commander, relieved Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer of command of the 11th Space Warning Squadron, Buckley Air Force Base, Colorado, May 14th, due to loss of trust and confidence in his ability to lead, the Space Force said in a statement to various news outlets over the weekend. This decision was based on public comments made by Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer in a recent podcast. Lieutenant General Whiting has initiated a command-directed investigation, CDI, on whether these comments constituted prohibited partisan political activity, according to the statement. The public comments that he made in a podcast were likely in reference to the spread of Marxist ideology within the military, which was detailed in Lohmeyer's recently self-published book, Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. Lohmeyer had appeared on the podcast Information Operation to promote his book, and during the show he criticized Defense Secretary Lloyd Astin's agenda. After Aston's confirmation, he ordered a stand-down to deal with alleged extremism within the ranks of the U.S. military coming after the January 6th Capitol breach. Quote, I don't demonize the man, but I want to make it clear to both him and every service member, this agenda, it will divide us. It will not unify us. End quote, Lohmeyer said, adding that Austin is promoting, quote, diversity, inclusion, and equity. End quote, which he and others have said are rooted in critical race theory, which is rooted in Marxism. And that's correct, by the way. Critical race theory, which draws heavily upon Marxist and postmodernist theories, denounces U.S. and Western culture as a form of oppression. Critics have said its proponents apply the Marxist tactic of class struggle to divide people along lines of race, gender, and ethnicity to label them oppressors and oppressed. In recent days, a number of GOP-led states have barred schools from using curriculum based on critical race theory or the New York Times 1619 Project, 
which critics have denounced as ahistorical and inaccurate. Recently, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki defended both the 1619 Project and critical race theory, of course, she did. Quote, What you see happening in the U.S. military at the moment is that if you're conservative, then you're lumped into a group of people who are labeled extremists if you're willing to voice your views. And if you're aligned with the left, then it's okay to be an activist online because no one's going to hold you accountable, Lohmeyer also said, according to the Washington Examiner. Space Force officials didn't immediately respond to a request by the Epoch Times for comment. So that is the piece from the Epoch Times concerning a Space Force lieutenant colonel being relieved from command. No confidence. No confidence that this guy can lead because he spoke up critically concerning critical race theory. A funny thing, too, because what the social justice crowd, the woke crowd, is always up in arms about, what they're always advocating in every sphere, is those who are oppressed being able to speak truth to power. The oppressed are supposed to be able to speak truth to power and say, this is not right what is happening. And yet, if you have somebody saying, just on the face of it, this is objectively true, that if you're a conservative, you are eyed with suspicion, then if you're a progressive, you're given a pass, you're given a go, and in the military as it stands right now, it's okay to be an activist if you're a progressive, if you're of the left, but it's not okay to speak up and say, what you believe. It's not okay if you're conservative. Even in a private podcast episode in writing this book. Now, to be fair, we knew this was going to happen. We knew that this guy was going to get fired. You just knew it. But all the same, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right that he was fired. The real wrong here is not that he made a bonehead move and published a book critical of the Secretary of Defense and his decision to promote CRT, to promote this idea of systemic racism, of our military being pervasively racist, white supremacist inherently in our DNA, racist. The real problem here is not that he made a bonehead move. Just because you could have predicted he was going to get fired doesn't mean that the ultimate good, the, the greatest possible virtue is that he would do and say anything or not do and not say anything possible to retain his job. If I can presume a few things about his internal dialogue and his thought process as he was deciding whether to publish this book or not, if I can presume a few things, he concluded that he could do the most possible good to his country, the greatest service to his country, by publishing this book and losing his job. And what is it that we want from our service members? Our, our men in uniform who go off to fight our enemies, to defend this country, to defend other people that we ask our military to go and protect on our behalf because it is in our national security interest, sometimes debatably, sometimes tenuously, but it is in our national defense interest we ask them to go and risk their lives, not just to kill an enemy, but to be killed by an enemy sometimes. And they figure, they conclude that laying their lives down, putting their lives on the line to where they could be 
killed or they could kill is worth it because it preserves this way of life. It preserves America as a home of the free. So then he does the math in his head and he figures right now the greatest possible service I could do to my country is to speak up, speak out. I have some standing. Not just anybody gets into the Space Force, by the way. So he's a rare breed that he not only was in the Space Force, but he's a lieutenant colonel in the Space Force. That's a big deal. And yet he's willing to have his military career destroyed to speak up about something very, very concerning about our military's future readiness state, future capacity, or more to the point... What's the point of even having a military to protect against communist China if we're just going to become communist China ourselves? What's the point of having a military to protect America from Russia and North Korea and Iran if we're just going to become those countries anyways? Because we've embraced a Marxist ideology. We have traitors in our midst. Sometimes we even have traitors in official government positions. Sometimes we even have them in high-ranking positions. That was the case for eight years. With Obama, he placed strategically activists who were going to promote and push his worldview, his ideology, his anti-American, anti-Western, pro-globalist, pro-socialist ideology. They're Fabian socialists, sometimes, yes, but underneath it, they all believe in redistributing your wealth, in centralized control, centralized planning. And so it's a propaganda thing. It's a let's condition people to accept these ideas sort of a thing. Let's repeat this over and over and over again in the media until people believe that it's true, whether or not it makes any sense. You repeat a lie often enough and it becomes near enough to the truth as far as public perception goes. Now, someone might say, I think a lot of people actually say, we don't need to risk our influence by speaking up and getting ourselves fired. But I talk about this in my book, too. I talk about this in, and this is why we homeschool. What exactly was the good and what is the benefit of preserving your influence if you never speak up, you never employ that influence to push back? In fact, what is that influence worth, actually, if the moment you spoke up and said, this is wrong, this is bad, this is not true, this is corrupt, this is dangerous, the moment you were to say that, you would be relieved of your job. You would be ostracized. You would be fired. You would be cast out. You would be looking for something else to do with your life. What is your influence really in that scenario? It's possible that the enemies of our soul benefit much more from having you stay in that situation quietly, allowing them to do what they do with the illusion of influence from you. They're never going to listen to what you say. They're never going to let you say what is really going on from a godly Christian biblical virtuous perspective. Now, they're going to insist on a postmodern approach 
to everything, in which case there is nothing. There's nothing that stands over their opinion as judge. There's no standard of right conduct. There's no standard of truth higher than their own feelings. And since nothing is objectively true, the only thing that's really, really a dangerous lie is if you go claiming objective truth. That's just a power play on your part. That's just you trying to get influence over them. And so they react to you as if you're an enemy. And meanwhile, Satan has sewn their brain folds together to where they don't stop to question what are their motives at this point. They can't fathom that they've been lied to and misled in these things. Let's move on to the next article, and then I've got to run. HSLDA, Homeschool Legal Defense Association, May 12th, 2021. Dave Dentel, Web Content Manager, writes, Homeschooling has secured its place as a permanent fixture in American education. That was the conclusion of education scholar Paul E. Peterson last week at the close of the inaugural session of a homeschooling conference sponsored by Harvard University's Kennedy School of Government. Thursday's discussion considered the following question. Is it time for a change to homeschool law? Additional sessions are scheduled weekly through June 17th. Early in last week's event, Peterson, who directs Harvard's education policy program, noted homeschooling's astonishing growth. Its observations seem to establish the tone of the discussion as a civil consideration of how lawmakers should address homeschooling moving forward instead of whether the educational method ought to be tolerated at all. Nevertheless, the session did present what panelist at HSLDA Senior Counsel Mike Donnelly characterized as a clash of worldviews, not just regarding homeschooling, but also on foundational issues such as the role of parents and the state in upbringing of children. Again, the most extreme position was espoused by Harvard Law Professor Bartlett, who last year called for a presumptive ban on homeschooling. She opened with a cursory compliment, quote, I acknowledge that many homeschooling families are providing a terrific education to their children, end quote. Yet she went on to describe homeschooling as endangering rights that she insisted state governments, not parents, safeguard on behalf of children. These include rights to personal well-being and an education. Which, as a small footnote here, if I could pause, how is it possible that children are getting a terrific education through homeschooling, and yet you're also at the same time going to allege that homeschooling endangers the rights of children to a good education. How does that how does that make sense? How can you hold both of those ideas in your head at the same time? That doesn't that doesn't make sense actually. Also, before I go any further, what about the rights of public school children to receive a quality education? Why aren't you talking about that? I don't notice you saying that many public school children are receiving a terrific education. But the reason for that is the real actual danger to the rights of American children to receive a quality education is not from the homeschooling community. It's not from loving fathers and mothers teaching their children at home. No, the real danger to American children and their need for a quality education is the 
teachers unions. It is the godless educational system, educational philosophy of Prussia that was transplanted here. Now, Horace Mann, back in the mid-19th century, he might have had a different idea of on whether the Bible should be used as part of the curriculum, as part of a good, well-rounded education. He might have had some opinions as far as how we should approach uh, you know, political differences in the telling of history. But we're long, long past Horace Mann's vision when you get to the early 20th century and John Dewey, we have out-and-out Marxists making the decisions and they transplant the Prussian model of education here to America and they use it to promote progressivism. John Dewey took Horace Mann's idea just one step further. Horace Mann didn't think we should be teaching anything sectarian, anything divisive. The public school classroom is not the place to be having debates between Whigs and Democrats, or later on between Republicans and Democrats once the Whig Party went the way of the dodo. The public school classroom is not the place to be having a Presbyterian minister teaching children Presbyterian statements of faith. It might be the place to study the Bible, to read the Bible, to understand what it says, but only so far as we can all agree. Well, then John Dewey and his group, his team, his lackeys and acolytes, they decided we're going to promote progressivism. We're going to use this as a melting pot to get everybody pulling in the same direction. And nothing is quite so important as self-esteem in the public education system. So we don't want to discipline children. We don't want to emphasize the importance of achievement. We'll de-emphasize achievement by promoting this idea that everybody is great just the way they are. Now, of course, they're not great just the way they are if they are homeschooled and they're out of governmental control. They're out from under a bureaucracy that gets money based on how many children they have in the classroom, not necessarily how well they're teaching. Then we're not so sure that everybody is okay just the way that they are. Then we're not so sure that we can affirm these things. We can affirm just about anything possible else that you can imagine, but we can't necessarily affirm that. We don't want parents teaching their kids at home. They might raise little boys who grow up to become Space Force officers like Matthew Lohmeyer, who write a book. Your little Johnny, little Susie, even if we're going to be gender inclusive here, I'll include both of the two genders, all two of them. Johnny or Susie might grow up to join the Space Force. And once they're in there, they might recognize that Marxist indoctrination is being pushed on those within the military. And conservatives are not welcome here. People who believe in a Republican system of government, a nation of laws, not a nation of men, not a nation ruled by men, a nation ruled by laws, on the presumption that there is a transcendent natural law from which our man-made laws 
must derive their authority, their validity. You might raise someone, if you're homeschooling your kid, who grows up to have the courage that Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer has, that he's willing to write a book, go on a podcast, be interviewed, speak up, speak out, even though everyone looking in on that should fully expect he was going to lose his job, he was going to lose his position, he was going to kiss his military career goodbye. Let's see if we can continue on with this. HSLDA article, once more, reads, Again, the most extreme position was espoused by Harvard Law Professor Bartlett, who last year called for a presumptive ban on homeschooling. She opened with a cursory compliment. I acknowledge that many homeschooling families are providing a terrific education to their children, yet she went on to describe homeschooling as endangering rights that she insisted state governments, not parents, safeguard on behalf of children. These include rights to personal well-being and an education. She categorized parents as inherent threats to those rights, citing statistics indicating that when children are murdered, the culprits are usually their mothers or fathers. She decried current homeschool laws as inadequate for protecting children from their own parents. In an apparent dismissal of the fact that many parents withdraw children from public school in order to provide a safer environment, she said parents are completely free in today's homeschool regime to isolate and torture that child. James Dwyer, a professor at the College of William and Mary, also seemed to consider homeschooling from a perspective that makes the state preeminent and question the fitness, questions the fitness of parents to teach their own children. Though he called for homeschooling to be treated with respect and acknowledged good in the educational method, he also implied that government should be given wide latitude for regulation. He rejected the libertarian idea that parents are by nature empowered to make decisions regarding their children. For this and other reasons, he said it was, quote, reckless and unconstitutional, end quote, to grant parents what he called a monopoly over child's development. Okay, full stop. I can't go anymore. We've got to talk about a couple of these things real briefly because I don't have much time left before I need to go off to work, resume my day job. <sighs> parents are an inherent threat to the right of children to personal well-being and an education according to a Rousseauian worldview, according to a Marxist worldview, according, according to the kind of dystopian government that Aldous Huxley wrote about in Brave New World, where mother and father are a bad word, attachment is forbidden, promiscuity is virtue, and monogamy is vice. In the Brave New World... The central planners have decided that negative human emotions come from forming attachments. And so you don't want a man and a woman being faithful and committed to one another long term because it's just going to lead to disappointment. It's just going to lead to heartache. It's just going to lead to upset. And it's going to lead to strife and conflict within society. So we're going to promote promiscuity. Don't sleep with the same person too often. You need to sleep around. Is that clear? Otherwise, a husband or a wife might be an inherent threat to well-being. Well-being defined by who? Somebody who wants to sleep around, presumably. So also, mother and father. Mother and father become bad words in this worldview. Not just that mothers and fathers sometimes, occasionally, in some pockets, are abusive to their children. They neglect their children. No, no. The whole concept of 
a father and a mother is dangerous because people like Bartlett want all of that power that currently resides with mothers and fathers over their children. They want all of that power for themselves. It's a power grab. It actually is a power grab. So they're making things up. They don't care about the facts. They want to give a little bit of a backhanded compliment to the homeschooling parents who are doing well. I, for one, think they can keep their table scraps for themselves. There's nothing that they have to give which I need from them as a homeschooling father. I don't need your affirmation. I don't need your permission. I don't need your blessing. I don't need your approval. Mind your own business. You're departing from your rightful place and you're trying to interfere in other people's business and you're being selfish. You're the one who's actually a threat to the well-being and education of children. Because as you're going after homeschooling, you're providing cover for public education. In fact, you're going after homeschooling because it makes public education look really bad. It makes public education look like it's not an education at all. It's just a warehouse. It's an obedience factory. It's an indoctrination center. Homeschooling and the children who come out of a homeschooling environment, who grow up well-adjusted, intelligent, well-spoken, creative, enthusiastic, curious, relatable, healthy, balanced, those kids make how bad the public schools are all the more apparent. And they make more and more and more parents think to themselves, I don't know how to do it, but I should figure that out. My kid is worth it. I love my son or my daughter enough to figure it out. This is ridiculous. Parents are completely free in today's homeschool regime to isolate and torture that child. No, actually, here's what is really going on. The public school system is completely free to indoctrinate children into believing that sexual immorality is the quickest path to authentic self-expression, which is, in their view, the highest goal of man. The highest goal of man is to express whatever's on the inside of you, because in the absence of an objective, universal truth, that is the closest thing we can find. I may not know if God exists or not, says the postmodern Marxist theoretician. I may not know whether this or that is right or wrong, but I do know how I feel. And how I feel is that I want to do X, Y, and Z. That's the only thing I know. And as children are indoctrinated in that, as their parents are too afraid of being rejected socially, of having to give up a second income, of being inconvenienced, of being ostracized. They care more about what other people think of them than they care about their child or their responsibility to their child or their duty before God. They care more about money and social standing and convenience and comfort. They're more afraid of man than they are afraid of their child's education being botched, their child being brainwashed their child growing up to think that good is evil and evil is good, to scoff at Christian faith, if not outwardly, then inwardly at least, to keep a respectful silence and to not engage in those things because it's silly. 
because it's absurd that people believe these things. The real freedom to isolate and torture children is found within the public education system, and it's given a blank check. Don't talk to me about the monopoly that mothers and fathers have over their children's education. No, 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 no. How about you talk about the government monopoly that is public education? The fact that you can even have this conversation as if you have the right to make the decision. It's not your right to decide. Watch me try to care if you tell me I can't homeschool my kids. Just watch. Watch me try to care. You have no power here. You're out of bounds. But the fact that you can even work yourself up into that illusion in front of a large audience of very educated, credentialed, serious people, peer-reviewed, no doubt, the very fact that you can have that conversation tells me that there is not a monopoly on parents exercising influence and authority over their children. Right now there's a monopoly when it comes to the state, the government, you people. You enjoy a monopoly. Where does my money go? Where does the tax dollar go when it's taken from me and that guy and that guy and that guy and that gal and that lady? Where does the tax money go to supporting public schools, private schools, or homeschools? Why doesn't the money stay in my pocket for that matter? Why doesn't my money get to go to the education of my children? Why does it go to the education of those children in a way that is antithetical to not just what I think, not just what I feel. This isn't my feelings versus your feelings. No, no, no. Antithetical to what God's word says. That's what this comes down to. This is not about being traditional versus being progressive. This isn't about like the humankind video game, computer game, strategy game that's coming out in August. This isn't about being more traditional versus being more progressive. No, this is about what is true. If I drop an apple at the top of a tree, does it go up or does it go down? This is about what is good and what is evil. What did God say? Who has the authority? God has the authority. Who does God say is responsible for teaching children, training children, disciplining children, making sure they understand right from wrong, making sure they are self-controlled, and they behave themselves well? Who has that responsibility? Oh, that's right. Parents. So again, as with so many things, this isn't about, first and foremost, Bartlett and these other statists, these other central planners, these other government control freaks coming after parents and their authority. No, no, first and foremost, this is about rejecting God's authority. Or, if you're a homeschooling parent like me, this is about affirming God's authority and saying, however convenient it would be to be able to just send my kids off to a public school so my wife could work so we could have a second income, all that would just be gravy and cream off the top. However convenient that would be, here I stand, I can do no other. This is our conviction. This is what we believe the scriptures require of our life and thought. This is Christian life and thought according to God's word. Do me a favor, and then I got to run. Buy the book. Buy, and this is why we homeschool. Buy yours truly on Amazon.com. Or if you live close enough for me to just give you a copy, come find me. I'll bring you a copy. I'll give it to you. You can read it. Check it out. It's not a long read. 
buy my book. And if you know somebody who is homeschooling, who could use some encouragement, they're wavering, they're not sure whether they want to keep doing this or not because it is difficult, it is hard, tell them to buy my book or buy them a copy of my book so they can read it, so they can be encouraged. That's the big idea there. This isn't just us tooting our own horn about how great we are that we decide to homeschool. This is an encouragement to you to homeschool your kid, homeschool your son and daughter, and to think rightly about that process so that you can do it, so that it is made as easy as possible and you're able to endure the difficulties that come with it. They're inherent to the process. Buy my book, order it. I'm terrible at marketing, so please make up for what I lack by just taking my word for it. It's not a terribly expensive book. 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's also how much it costs to buy my book on paperback. You can buy it for less, or if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can get it for free with your subscription to Kindle Unlimited. Download the e-reader, read it, check it out, and then let me know what you think. And then, please, 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 if you have read the book, please leave a review on Amazon. That will help other people to find that book. If you liked it, if you hated it, whatever you liked about it, whatever you hated about it, please leave me a good review on Amazon so that we can get that book into more hands so that more mothers and fathers decide to homeschool their children. By God's grace, we can turn this country around and we can go from there being a lost generation, so-called, of kids that missed out to there being a generation that turns back to the Lord. We could see a revival of Christian life and thought in this country, but it has to start with the children. It has to start with a raising of our sons and daughters in the fear and admonition of the Lord. If we do that, there will be blessing that comes. If we don't do that, our days are numbered. There's no promise of blessing. There's promise of consequences and judgment. And it's just when, and it's just how. It's not if. Also, too, in a similar vein, if you would, if you enjoy this podcast and you listen regularly, share it with your friends. Let other people know. Let's get more people listening so we could talk about these things with more people, get their wheels turning, get them thinking along these lines, get them reading more. We need to be reading more as adults. Don't tell yourself that education is what happens from kindergarten to 12th grade or two years of college or four years of college and then you're done. No, no, education needs to be a lifelong process. As long as it is today, Paul, the apostle, writes to Timothy, who is an adult, he's a grown man, says, study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I was just recently asked by one of the young men in the middle school youth group, at some of you, I was just asked if Proverbs says that in much reading and much studying, there's weariness of the bones, does that mean that we shouldn't be studying, we shouldn't do school? He had a big smile on his face because he thought he'd got me there. And I smiled right back because he didn't get me. I said, well, it's true, and I can vouch for the weariness that comes with reading and studying quite a lot. It's true that it is exhausting. The more I study, the more I know that there's very little that I know in comparison to how much there is to know. I know very little of what is comprised of a universe worth of knowledge and detail. And that's before you even get into understanding. As much as I read, I realize that I know very little 
actually. But I know more with each book, with each podcast, actually, ironically, each podcast I record. I learn something because I'm processing and organizing this information. I'm taking the time not just to read, but also to think through, okay, what is it that I actually read? Am I metabolizing that? Or is it just coming in one ear and out the other? So get people, get your friends, get your family that are into this kind of thing. Get them listening to this podcast. Share it with them. Send them a link. Send them an episode that you think they would like. If there's a topic that you think you might be able to get some friends or family interested in, let me know. Ask the question. Send me an article. Give me a, give me your best shot. We'll cover it. But the other piece of that is, too, for people you don't even know, if you go on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you like to listen to this podcast on, if you go on to Google Podcasts or any of these others, go on to one of these podcast platforms that you listen to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on and leave a review, please. If you leave not just five stars, although that's great, I'll accept the five stars. That's, you know, if you're, if you're going to do nothing else, at least put five stars up there. Uh, if it's honest, I mean, if you think this is a four-star podcast, then so be it. Uh, I'd like to know how it could become a five-star if you think it's a four-star, but put the rating up there and then write a little something, right? What is this podcast about? Why do you listen to it? And hopefully that question doesn't drive you away where you're just like, oh yeah, why, why do I listen to this podcast? Man, what a waste of time. Um, if it's not a waste of time, if it's, if this is beneficial to you, if it is encouraging in any measure, if this is edifying, if this is thought-provoking, if this is helpful in slowing down your day a little bit to where it's like, wait a second, okay, let's stop and smell the roses as far as this idea goes. How about that? Is that true? Is that right? Let's cross-examine the witness. If this is helpful to you, please leave a rating, a review on whatever podcast listening platform it is that you listen to this podcast on so that it shows up. The podcast will actually show up more frequently in the search results of people that are looking for podcasts like this to listen to. And then that'll help to expand the listener base and for these ideas to spread. Because that's what I'd like is I would really very much like for these ideas and attitudes, insofar as they're good, insofar as they're in alignment with what God's Word says, and insofar as the big idea here is not just, boom, here's what you need to do, but the big idea is in order for us to know what to do with our lives, with the time that we have, we need to go to God's Word. That needs to be our basis. That needs to be our foundation. That needs to be the set of glasses through which we see and perceive the world and through which we hear and interpret everything that people have to say around us. That's the big idea here. That's the the big idea. My big, hairy, audacious goal, BHAG, as Jeff Lyle liked to put it at Good News Gathering in Hillsboro, Ohio. My big, hairy, audacious goal is for this podcast to have a million listeners. And for those million listeners to be loving their husbands or their wives, loving their children, loving their coworkers, loving their church, and be engaging their opportunities in a more intentional way, in a more productive way, in a happier, more peaceable way with God and man, according to the scriptures. Help me get there. You can. I trust you will. But for right now, 
I'm going to have to leave it there. As always, thank you for listening, and until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com.